Woo! Rebels, it's that time! Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. Woo! How you like that new intro, Rebels? That's right. Rebel Parenting, new intro, new music. I cannot wait because this broadcast is a bunch of firsts. And I'm going to kick it off with... We've got a new Rebel Parenting sponsor. Did I sound like Oprah with that, Kay? You get a t-shirt and you get a t-shirt and you get a sponsor. I don't care. I'm so excited. I have been saying thank you, Jesus, for so long. Like, it's my thing. It's my. It's just like I say it all the time. I try to say it to the kids. I try to let them know that all good things come from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, so much. And that's who our sponsor is. Thank you, Jesus Clothing. You can find them at tyj.clothing. Up until now, I didn't know that .clothing was a URL. I thought it was .com, .org, .one of those things. tyj.clothing gets you right to their site. I found this online. In fact, I joined their subscription before they became a sponsor. It's a monthly service. You get a t-shirt. You get stickers. I got one of those little rubber bracelet things that says, thank you, Jesus. The t-shirt... I get all the compliments on it. I'm not even playing. It is so, so cool. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, thank you, Jesus Clothing for sponsoring Rebel Parenting this month. T-Y-J dot clothing. Mm. And this broadcast, woo, I'll tell you what. Uh, we had a whole lot of fanboy, fangirl nerding out going on during this broadcast. No playing. We have... Rachel and Dave Hollis on the broadcast today from the Hollis Company, from Girl Wash Your Face, from Disney, from what? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We've been following the Hollises for so long. And I was like, we should have them on the podcast. Like, no, no, they won't come on the podcast. No, we should try to get them on the podcast. And then we called and they were like, what? You want, to be, you want us to be a Rebel Parenting? For sure. Like, really? You'll come on? Oh, we had so much fun. Rachel Hollis is the author, New York Times bestseller. That's a huge accomplishment. New York Times bestseller of Girl, Wash Your Face, known as the Tony Robbins for women because of her motivational, high-energy style. In fact, that's so funny. I was reading that in her bio, and Kristen goes, that's how I described her to you. And I was like, I know. She's just, she's like, she's like, Ryan, she's like, she's like Tony Robbins. And I was like, oh, then for sure, because I am... Huge into that. Rachel has a unique ability to empower and embolden a female audience. Motivational, inspirational, and always approachable. Rachel's tell-it-like-it-is attitude is a refreshing approach that allows her to authentically connect with audiences everywhere. I can just echo that over and over again. The authenticity, the vulnerability, just their openness really makes them approachable. Dave is the former distribution chief of Disney of 17 years. Oh, I don't know. What did he do? Oh, you know, he helped launch, uh, relaunch the Star Wars franchise. Oh, he guided the global hits like Frozen, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Black Panther. Yeah, you know, just average success. Guy's a whole superstar. And then left Disney to become the CEO of his wife Rachel's firm, Chic media we are such huge fans of them please follow them on instagram at mrs rachel hollis mrs rachel hollis h-o-l-l-i-s he is mr dave hollis their live videos on a daily basis 
Laura and I and producer Kay watch them all the time. I cannot wait for you to hear this broadcast. Here now on Rebel Parenting, Rachel and Dave Hollis. Rachel, Dave Hollis, thanks so much for being on Rebel Parenting today. Uh, we're just so excited. We've been getting so many emails and tweets and texts like, oh my goodness, how did you get him on the broadcast? And I was like, our producer called. Like, I don't know if or not. And she was like, they said yes. Yes. No, Thank we're you. so grateful to be Thank here. Thank you for having us. Definitely. You know, for those, I mean, we're such massive fans that we would just jump right into the story. But for those that haven't met you, what's the Hollis Company? How did that become a thing? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like if, so just for live people who can see us right now, I feel like we should explain what's happening. Yeah, Let's for start sure. with this. Um, we forgot there to we bring the splitter for two headphones. So we are literally sharing headphones right now. Like the most professional people you've ever seen in your life. So definition of love. Definition of love, sharing headphones. That's why we're also crouched, crouching tiger over the top of the camera right now. Uh, so, Completely favorite interview, favorite couple so far. I'm so right. happy right. for two years. Apologize, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I actually started out as a blogger. I owned an event planning company in LA, and I started blogging as a way to promote my company. And the blog had always really been about me and the season of life that I was in. So it originally began with, I was a, I was a mom. I had two young boys, like two little boys under the age of two at one point, Jesus, mm. the wheel. And I was trying to figure out how to feed them dinner. And so I would blog mostly about recipes. Like, Hey, here's what I got to get my kids to eat last night. And here's what I fed my husband. And, um, the blog shifted and changed as I grew and changed as a woman. And, um, it has slowly evolved into this place where I started speaking more. I started writing more about my journey with anxiety. I started writing more about my mm. faith. I started digging in deeper to not just kind of surface level stuff, but like yeah. hey, what was underneath. And we, I, I did that with the team for about, gosh, um, <laughs> we can't even look at you. I see you. <laughs> Five years. And um, then, you know, Dave and I had always talked about working together and it was, about two years ago, we decided to host our first live event. And for me, that was, I really wanted to throw a conference for women, a personal growth conference for women, which I didn't see anywhere outside of the faith space. And um, we felt really called to that because we wanted, it was like, my intention was at the time we went to this great church and had this amazing women's group at church. And so once a month, all the women in the church got together and they had different speakers and you got to like hang out. Someone would walk, you'd walk in, someone would give you a big hug. Like everybody was welcome. And I thought, man, what does this look like in the world? Yeah. Like, you know, if you're not Christian, you probably don't really have the idea that you should go to a Christian conference. So what does this look like if you're Muslim, if you're Jewish, if you're agnostic, like everybody's welcome. We're all going to come together in community and work on ourselves and work on, you know, who we're called to be, uh, but not sort of grounded in that place. So we did our first conference two years ago. It's called Rise. It's actually here in Austin where we live now. Love it. And Dave... I mean, he can tell you his career journey, but he was working at Disney. He'd been there for a really long time. And I think for a while was kind of like very supportive, my biggest cheerleader, but was also kind of like, you want to do what? 
and you want to build what? Uh, now it's working. So people are like, oh, obviously. But a few I years ago. I want to ask that question, though, Dave, yeah. for real. It's such a great one to ask because you guys are really successful, and it's easy for us on the outside to be like, oh, well, I mean, you know, it's so easy for you guys because, you know, you're successful and you got all the stuff going on. Well, Dave, you're, you know, in charge of distribution at Disney. You're putting films in theaters. There's you got a great paying job. You've got benefits, insurance, all the things that adults love to have. (laughs) So secure. secure. And then you're going to quit that. And here's the truth. Yeah. In the 20 teens, it looks so great. Husband, supporting wife. So neat. Great story. It's scary. Yeah. Your guy friends and maybe dads and older men are like, hey, dude, what? Wait, you're stay at home. Really? This is. You know, how did that play out for you as a couple? And was it rocky? Was it easy? Was it like, oh my goodness, like, what's that like? Yeah. The great, well, the great thing is I had the benefit of having worked in a really great environment for a long time that created a lot of opportunity. But then one day, as Rachel's finding her voice and connecting in a way that she'd always hoped for and knew, I think, that would happen. But mm-hmm. I, you know, at this conference two years ago, I'm sitting in the back of the room and I remember us walking out at lunch and I said, I see our future unfolding in front of us. And this wow. is while I'm the head of sales, you know, on the movie studio side at Disney, I've been there for like 15 years. And at the time, we'd just come through a season where we'd been foster parents for four different children. We were at the end of a four and a half, five year adoption journey that had some really beautiful moments, including a very happy ending with a daughter who's perfect in all ways. But we also had uh, two babies that we were told we were adopting that we named and picked up at the hospital. And then at two months in, we're taken from our home. And, um, and that, that choice, that season where we intentionally chose uncertainty over and over and over again was the first time as a grown adult that I'd ever chosen uncertainty. And the fruit that came Mm. out of that season tested, but made our marriage stronger, tested, but showed our faith existed, tested, but showed the resilience of our children. Mm. And so after getting through that experience, as this conference is happening, as I've read Girl, Wash Your Face for the first time, as the momentum for this message existing and resonating is becoming a clearer one, the idea of going back to a job where I'm selling Star Wars and Avengers to movie theaters, which, by the way, like, right, they're amazing movies. I got to work with amazing people, but selling, right, love them so much, but um, selling those movies to movie theaters who need them as much as you can imagine they do didn't create a a ton of challenge necessarily. And so there was a a certainty that against the contrast of everything we just come through in our foster adopt journey made jumping into the uncertainty, a thing that we knew we had to do for the opportunity that growth, you know, would ultimately come in it, even though it didn't make conventional sense to the people I was telling about. And ultimately um, it was a, we got to go chase this thing because there's, really a, a lot of white space here that you and the voice, but also it felt like a calling. God was saying, Hey, this is your time to go into this space. You guys need to go chase this thing. And if it weren't for worrying about what other people thought, I think we probably would have made the jump earlier. Oh, and, yeah, and I think right? honestly, we, we were not afraid. We were, we just weren't afraid because we thought we know we had gone to, I don't want to say rock bottom, but we had gone to the hardest place we'd ever been to in our marriage. Yes. And so 
what do you have to fear? Yeah, like, it's you got nothing to lose. And yeah. we lived and we're stronger for it. So we weren't afraid. And some of you were like, man, like, are you nervous? That's No, we had absolute certainty. We had absolute faith in what we were coming here to do. And I think that's part of the reason it's worked. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Oh, and it has. You know, let's jump into this book, Girl, Wash Your Face. I love it. I love the story. I like, I like Dave, that you're doing kind of a guy's version. But for me as a husband on a rebel parenting, I don't understand those lies. I see them play out. I see my wife and the women we talk with tell themselves those lies. How did you get other women to be so vulnerable with mm-hmm. you to have that list where you know, oh, this really, I mean, we tell people you're on, they're like, oh my goodness, have you seen the blog post that da-da-da? What about Sexy September? And have you yeah. ever, Because you're hitting a nerve yeah. to get all those lies. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that comes from having been having been a blogger. Um, this was long before, I started in, in 2008. So this is a long time ago, and it's a long time before the word influencer was even a thing. But it was truly, um, I was getting the direct messages and I was getting the emails for years, thousands and thousands Mm -hmm. of notes that are all essentially saying the same thing. Yes. Uh, So I feel like part of the reason it has resonated so much is not, you know, I'm not clairvoyant, but I just am in communication with women all over the world every single day of my life for the last decade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I set out to write it, my intention was I wanted women to understand that they you know, if you're unhappy, if you're unhealthy, if you're struggling, you need to take ownership yeah. of your life and and find a way to get through it. Um, I that that's what the notes were saying to me. Like, oh, how do I save my marriage? How do I get my son to stop using? How do yeah. I lose? Blood? And I'm what I never said, but what I thought in my head was like, sis, you do that by not reaching out to a stranger on the internet and fixing your own life. Mm. Like the time that it took you to reach out to me, someone you don't know, asking for help. In that time, you could have done internet research. You could have gone to the library. You could listen to podcasts. I'm I'm self-taught in everything from business to being a mom to my faith. Like everything is self-taught. And so I, I get really passionate about the idea of stop like it feels like you want someone else to tell you how to do things and you've got to, you've got to take ownership. Yeah. So, um, that was where it started. And then I, I figured nobody would listen to me offer that advice. If I didn't first tell you what I had gone through to get to this knowledge. And if I didn't like every, you know, at the end of every chapter, I'm just giving you three little things that worked for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of them are kind of silly. Like, hey, if you're on a diet, don't look at Pinterest at night because it's going to make you hungry, yep. which is probably the stupidest advice, but so, so real. No, it's uh, so good. <laughs> yeah. So yes. I, was like, I just wanted to share my journey. And truthfully, it didn't start out with lies. I thought, what if I just write the hardest things I've ever been through? And as I started to write those stories, I kept wondering, well, what made me feel this way? Well, what? And as I went through, I'm like, oh my gosh, these are all lies. These are all things I used to believe that aren't actually true. And that really unlocked, okay, what are the other lies that I've believed and how do they affect? I wanted to choose things that affected all of us women, not just me personally. Oh, I love it. And, it, and it, you know, that snowballs, you know, when you start attacking one lie and then it goes to the next one and the next one. So, so 
the book's been on the bestseller list now. It's it's just doing amazing. What's a lie that's hard to not listen to as the spotlight gets brighter and more people are focusing on you? What's one of the ones where you're like, oh, no. That's a great question. I want to listen to this lie. Yeah. um, Oh, there's a couple that I would say for this. But the one that feels really relevant for us right now is um, the idea that there's only one right way to be. What we're navigating right now in this season is um, a lot of people who are get frustrated because I'm not the right kind of Christian. Like I'm not a Christian. Like they're a Christian. Um, I posted a, a picture of me. Story of our yeah. lives. That's, you know, that's really why we started Rebel Parenting because we just yeah. went, oh wait, everybody struggles and no one's talking about it. Yeah, we yes. all fight. We're all hurt. Yeah, we all yeah. hurt our spouses. We say mean things. Yeah. Laura and was out of well, town. I did this 45 minute rant on Christian music because nobody would talk about individual specific pain. Yeah. General nebulous struggle. Yeah. I turn pop music on and it's like, I'm jealous. My boyfriend cheated on me. You I know, yeah. I off the wagon. Yeah. Uh, he did drugs. Yes. yes. All the things we all go through. But we're yes. so afraid to talk about it. You yeah. know, vulnerability as a couple mm-hmm. allows other people to grow because we go, oh, I don't have to hide anymore. Yeah. I can actually yeah. realize it. What was it like when you posted a photo of you in a bikini with stretch marks? Because here's the truth. On one hand, I think you know you're going to get like, oh, you're the greatest. How? I can't yeah. believe you would do that. You know, that thing. And you're going to get the negative comments and they're louder than every positive one. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what is happening right now in real time is, um, you know, like, like what you're saying, we know as people who work in media, you kind of know if you're going to post something that's going to stir the pot. Yes. What, what is blowing my mind right now in real time is people getting angry over things that it never even occurred to me that they would get. Like I posted a picture where I was having wine on my patio and people lost their minds. Like, how can you drink wine? You're creating a culture. I was like, Holy smokes. First of all, if you've been hanging out with me for years. Like, you know that I'm going to have the occasional glass of wine on my patio. Calm down. Yeah. But, but it's this idea that like, if I'm not like you, if I don't do faith exactly like you do faith, yep. then I'm not allowed to be part of this club. Yes. And my yeah. thing is like, if you want people that are just like you, that's fantastic. Just follow those people, Amen. but don't get mad. Because, I don't know. So that that's kind of tripping me out. It's also, I mean, I will say like we originally started our adoption journey in Ethiopia. We were going to adopt internationally. Did you? Okay. Yeah. And it didn't work out. We were like in the program for a little more than a year, but at that time chose to seek out a, an intentionally multicultural church. And coming into that environment, I thought I, I mean, just like so naively had a handle on race. And it wasn't until we were doing life every day with people who had completely different life experience that we realized how ridiculous it was for us to suppose that we had a handle on anything in that space. Well, if we hadn't lived inside of a world where we now were every single day in relationship with and understanding through the lens of someone who experiences life differently, what Trayvon Martin or whatever it might be might mm-hmm. mean to them, we'd have just had it be a thing that scrolled through our CNN feed or whatever it might be like it yeah. was any other day. And now you think about it differently. Well, take that story and include that we have friends who are gay. Take that story and include that we have friends that 
don't have faith. Take that story. And the idea that they in some way aren't allowed to benefit from teaching that you were on this earth to fully out you know, live out the potential that you know our creators put in your in your life and your or that by creating walls we might keep them mm-hmm. from even asking some questions about what it is about you that make you who you are or what it is about your faith um, it runs so contrary to the idea of witness in general yeah. but inevitably it has been one of the stranger things that we run into in trying to create some Something that's good, inevitably, you just can't keep everybody happy. I said this in a post the other day. You could so make the best peach pie in the entire world. It could be featured on the cover of every magazine, win every single award, and yet there are still going to be people who do not like peaches, and that should not keep you from making that peach pie. Amen. I mean, you can fail. My producer sent that to me. It's exactly yeah. 100% right. Rachel, where do you think that fear comes from? We get that. You know, Laura and I All the met time. on a blind date. We got engaged three weeks later. We have tons of tattoos. Five months and a day after that. And people lost their mind. And this is what we would hear. You guys are leaders. You're, You're an setting example. an example for people. They're going to follow your example. And they're going to get... And there is saying that there's this whole group of people that's going to get married frivolously, as if that's what we were doing. <laughs> it's like... What are you afraid of? Really? You're afraid your kid's going to grow up and go, well, Ryan and Laura Dobson got married quickly. So can I. And then where does that fear come from of your faith isn't like mine. Therefore, you shouldn't be in the public and you shouldn't talk ever again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the fear comes from your people. You you are not you guys or but it's like they're nervous that they're getting it wrong. Mm. And so the way that they make themselves feel safe is to challenge you. Yeah. So what, wait a minute. I thought the rule was someone told you that you should never ever drink wine or you weren't a good Christian. And so if you see someone else doing it and you had in your mind, oh, Rachel's a good Christian woman. Oh, no, she's doing this thing that I believe is wrong. I better chastise her because that is going to make me feel safe or maybe she needs guidance from me in this area, which is, mm-hmm. is hilarious. Bless it. Um, but I think honestly, when those, what, what we're navigating right now is there is a lot of, there's been a lot of support. And then anytime something explodes and gets bigger and gets attention, then there are the people who want to get news or get pressed by being the ones who attack it. Yeah. There's yeah. been so many things about like my theology and I'm like, I'm sorry to sound so dumb. My dad was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. I'm like, I didn't know I was writing about theology. Right. Right. I am an author and I'm Christian. <laughs> I wasn't trying to write a new doctrine for you to follow. I just was telling you my journey with faith yeah. and how I feel like God has shown up in my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what I have to keep reminding myself and y'all need to keep reminding yourselves and anyone who's hearing this, who's trying to do work that you feel like God called you to do is like, you can do this work or you can try and please everybody and you can't do both. Yeah. Amen. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we were right before we had this couples conference last weekend, right before the conference started, we had heard about some press thing that was good. They're like, Hey, these people are going to come out in opposition of the book, which I was just like, <laughs> There are children right now who don't have a place to live. Yeah. yeah. There are 
people are starving right now in your city and you this is what you're going to use your resources for better to do right that feels that feels smart but uh we did we did i went into the conference like feeling discouraged about understanding that this was going to happen and we had the the morning sessions and they were so good and went back to the hotel room to take a little break and i just felt God speak over me like this this is what this is the work sis yeah this is what we're doing what people are saying in media or online or in social that's not that's not what we're here for this is the work yeah. these mm-hmm. people in this room so I just try and keep going back to um, that and we honestly are less and less consuming anything nice. consuming social consuming new we just because I feel like if we do we would curl into a ball and cry <laughs> Totally. Well, yeah, I was just going to ask you, and I don't know if other people have, and um, what's your what's your time with God look like for you individually and together? I was just wondering. Yeah. Um, so for me, I feel like it's. Um, I know that there's something. It's like a intentional. You know, hey, start the day with the word. Or <laughs> right. for me, it's. I feel like I'm just in conversation all day long. All day. Long. All day long. Talking. Because this, especially since this book has come out. Um, this feels heavy and weighty and yeah. it feels like a lot of responsibility. For sure. And I'm, uh, the success we're having is because, yes, we've worked really hard, but God gave us this platform. Yeah. And if God gave us this platform. There's a ton of responsibility that's wrapped up in doing that well. And so I feel like all day I'm like in prayer. I'm in, um, start every single day with a gratitude meditation, mm-hmm. praying on our blessings. Thank you for this. Help me set the intention for the day. Um, it's an all day long thing. And I think I've also been really blessed in as all the success of the book started to happen. I was truthfully, I was very overwhelmed. It didn't, um, it, it kind of freaked me out because I never had this kind of success in my whole life. And I've never been recognized in the grocery store. And it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. And, um, for, for weeks and months, I'm like crying to Dave. He's like, I don't know. What what do I do? (laughs) And we're like, Praying, like I'm praying every day, like, oh God, like I'm trying to find books or, but what, who are you going to talk to about something like this? And then just one by one, there were so many people in this space, in the personal development space or in uh, the Christian space who, the, the way I was just like turned around and looked back and were like so much further ahead of me who turned around and were like, hey, let's jump on the phone. Yeah. Let me talk you through this. Let me let me tell you that you're safe. Let yeah. me tell you that all like at the same time, all of these people step forward. And they're like they got from it the gift of mentorship. Yeah. I mean, like there wasn't really anything in it other yeah. than looking out for someone who was trying to put good in the universe. But it truly felt like God's hand turning oh, them goodness. around to notice, mm-hmm. hey, Rachel needs a, a good word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. So awesome. thank you. Hey, Rachel and Dave, we've been traveling around, and we discovered this thing that we didn't know, and that is most couples aren't having sex on a regular basis. What? They are not. And I know that sounds so silly. It does. But it doesn't sound silly. This is very important. Very important. But I've been telling people, and they're like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, no, no, no. Ask all your friends. Like, have that yeah. conversation. Most people aren't having sex regularly. They're having bad sex, or it's perfunctory, or it's surrounded with shame and guilt, or resentment, or all those things. 
How did you get to Sexy September? It was such a neat story and how you got there. I really think it does apply to to more couples than anybody could possibly imagine. Yeah, Christian, non-Christian. Yeah. We actually just, in our couples conference, we had about an hour and a half at the end of the conference that we devoted to sex and intimacy, which was the most embarrassing, hard thing I think we've ever done. Like, I was mortified the next day. Like, I can't believe I said those things on stage. I can't believe I admitted. But at the same time, the notes we got from people that were like, thank you, thank you, thank you. So for me, I grew up, I mean, we both grew up in the church. And for me, I'm sure like most girls who grew up in the Christian church, it was like, you need to save it for marriage. But I didn't even know what it was. Like I lived, I was telling them this, this last weekend and people were laughing. I'm like, no, I legitimately like our family didn't talk about it. It was not, it was only this thing you needed to save. And there was shame if you didn't save it. Uh, and so then uh, we got married. And I think when we first started having sex, it was so exciting and we're together and you know how it is. Yeah. You're like, Oh, we're going to do it in every room of the house. Um, and then that sort of fell away. And now we're getting to a place where I'm feeling super uncomfortable. I feel, you know, for, for most women, I think uh, sex is a mental thing yes. yeah. for guys, yeah. it's physical for women. It's mental. So I'm up here in my head, like this is wrong. I'm uncomfortable. Uh, Oh, I can't believe he's going to see me without my clothes on. Like whatever, all yeah. the things. Um, so then we get pregnant. Then we have a baby. Then we have another baby. Yeah. Now my body is different. Now everything's just change. Crap. I'm still a fan of everything, by the way. So my, my feelings have not changed in this uh, no, at all. But that's feelings true, but have changed. It's, that's an interesting one. One, I think uh, some guys don't feel that way. I think that's interesting as well, and they need to work on that too. And it's important to keep telling your wives that. Like, yeah. Laura would say, oh, I want to do this, and I want to do this. I'd be like, that's awesome. I love that you want to get healthy. I love that you want to work out. I think you're super hot, and if you want to do it right now, I'm ready. So... Yeah. None of that changes for me. It just gets better and better. And so I love that you guys talk about it. And just that the talking about it was so hard. Well, the one thing that we started noticing when we were speaking around the country, um, and I'll just say this out loud, we use sex for all sorts of reasons. Like if he's stressed, having a bad day, I'm like, hey, why don't you come home and we'll do it? Or if I'm tired, you know, it's like we use sex for multiple things, for energy boosters for connection for um if you're bored if you're bored yeah. if you just want to <laughs> date nights yeah and- you know and people are like well how do you do that like how do you guys have sex so much and it's like hi you can turn on netflix for 20 minutes and go have yeah. a great intimate time with yeah. your husband while yeah. your kids are on tv and you're still connecting or we call it quiet time so yeah. our kids think we're highly spiritual because we're always having <laughs> quiet times <laughs> The thing, though, I will say, because I didn't let Rachel finish the story when I jumped in, but like it took getting to a place where there was real comfort in being really honest about how things felt or yeah. didn't feel yeah. in a way that pushed against every single instinct we had. Yes. And the idea of sexy timber, just to come back to the original question, was what would it mean for us to commit to having sex every single day? where, sorry, I'm going to say this word out loud. We both have an orgasm every single time. If we were to pursue that as the mission, would we actually find a way when we want to have sex to have it feel good for us both Mm. and have it be something that 
we each crave in a way that because we're either out of practice or because we don't know how to do it very well, or we're both insecure about this thing or that thing, or we have some mm-hmm. shame some attached to certain yeah. things, or if, if you'd commit to something for 30 days, and by the way, it's harder on day 24 than you think oh, to keep yeah. on a going, but that. you really do get to a place where the taboo, the barriers, the willingness to try different things, the like ability for you to identify how you like to have certain things done or not done, Man, we came out of that month and it was very easy for us to say, hey, you know, like a, a little breeze. And it was like, hey, we should go like explore. Whatever. Like, yeah. And it was yep. fun in a way that, to be honest, it wasn't necessarily as fun as it had been before we tried it. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. And we talked to a lot of people about having these conversations with your spouse. We didn't realize there were so many people not even talking about sex. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. talk about it in the bedroom while you're doing it. But yeah, outside, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of talk about what you like, what you didn't like. Maybe I want to try this. Can we try that? Or yeah. from the past, things that cause you to shut down or or you know things that make you feel awkward or uncomfortable you know anything like that just start talking about it yes well and i think what what i came to understand was as hard as it was for me to get to a place where i could verbalize things all dave wants is to make me happy especially in that area so it's like my advice to people is always like not when you're in the bedroom but when you're on a date night or when you're having fun in a good moment yeah if you're just like hey babe you know how you did that thing i loved that yeah i love that like just build on positive affirmations okay now he's got a tool in his toolkit that he feels like oh i know that she really likes that and then we just sort of built and added to that over time. Yeah. Amen. Rachel, have you gotten any pushback from the followers or listeners from people like, Hey, you know, leave my relationship alone. You know, there's this, when you watch TV, there's the put together woman, oh, yeah. buffoon husband, boyfriend in the commercial, the guy with the plunger mm-hmm. on his head. The, Home you know, and there's that, there's that tension between genders that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my husband just looks at porn and drinks beer and I don't want to have sex with him kind of thing. Do you get any of that kind of pushback or do you feel like the women that are following and watching you really do want that in their lives? A hundred percent. Like we built the Rise Together podcast, which is our couples podcast and our conference based on asks from the audience. And in fact, you know, doing the, the, because our uh, Rise is the women's conference that I do, and Rise Together, the one we had last week, and that was our first time. And to be totally candid, we were so emotionally exhausted afterwards. We're like, we don't know if we can do this again. Yep. It, I believe a million percent that it was so valuable for the people that are there. We've got the notes that made us cry that was like, you yeah. saved our marriage, this opportunity, like all that. But that was an ask from them. We are constantly creating content based on what people are asking for. So no, this, this crowd is like, give us all the things. We had a couple women come who were not there with their partner. They just wanted so badly to like hear anything that they were like, we'll go to a couple. So we're like, all right, you bought the ticket. Come on. I, I think though, too, it's important to say, like, I, I think part of why the conversation and relationship has worked as well as it has. And frankly, the book has done as well as it's done is the vulnerability, the practice that we frankly are walking into every single morning. Like I am very comfortable to suggest that I was a skeptic of personal development. I thought it meant that you were broken if you needed to 
reach out to a teacher to grow. Or a teacher who wasn't in the faith space. Or a teacher who wasn't in the faith space. Like the idea of going to a personal development conference, like this person on stage is not holding a Bible and I'm going to listen to this person. That must mean that I'm like straying. I'm like, (laughs) and it just honestly couldn't be further from the truth. Like the idea of growing Mm -hmm. is the thing that has connected me to fulfillment in a way that I did not know before I really started stepping into this space. But that also meant having to really be honest about some times that I'm not totally proud of where Mm -hmm. because my job was, frankly, not terribly challenging, I didn't show up as well as I would have liked as a husband or as a father. Mm -hmm. And in my kind of retreating from the better version of myself and being honest about it, it it, it's not, you know, watching porn, drinking beer version of of man that may be depicted on TV. But <clears throat> I think it at the very least says, look, there's a normalness in us, right? Yeah. Like, I think we have an exceptional relationship, but we've also had times where Rachel had a low that I was at a bit of a high and I got to help pull her up. And then and I've been at a low where she was at a high and was able to help pull me up. Mm-hmm. And by yeah. talking honestly about it, there's a relatability and an empathy and a community that can be created in like, oh, wow, I'm not alone. It's like uh, there's a me too nature to all of the things that we're experiencing, which mm-hmm. is, I think, why people tune in or listen or both. Well, you're human. Any- you're allowed we're human. We're superhuman. And yeah. it's like, finally, the yeah. church yeah. needs this. Uh, they're yeah. starving for just yeah. to be honest and to have the I'm human. I fail. I struggle just like the person next to me in the pew. Like, yeah. I just love that you guys are just so authentic about your humanity. Thank you. Definitely. So let's talk about the last 90 days. Yep. Yes. So I've been preparing for it. Lord can tell you this. I've been going through a tough season and I mean, I've eaten all the sugar and all the candy. I've slept yeah. all the hours. I've been yeah. sleeping in. I've not been working out. We did a remodel and we moved our office, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we bought a puppy. Bought a puppy and it got broken into. And there's so much that I just was like, Bleh. I turned into a yeah. ball. Yeah. Yeah. So this is day four. Day four. I've gotten up an hour early. Yep. Working out. And okay, I want you to go through the five, but I was so surprised at the first one of get up an hour early and use that time for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Not to make kids lunches and do yep. extra work yep. and clean the house. Ah, that one was hard for me and it's been really nice. <laughs> it feels yeah. so selfish. I feel guilty when I get up and I leave and the, you know, talk about the five, but, but give the explanation behind them. Yeah. Yeah. So this started a couple of years ago for us. We, um, we actually used to start the year with a 30 day challenge. Lots of people do. And we challenged our community to, you know, Hey, we're going to start the year strong. Well, then I found myself a couple of years ago, you know, you know, in December, you kind of let it go. And then like, well, November, you sort of, well, it's almost Thanksgiving. You sort of just keep making excuses. It's the holidays. And then all of a sudden, I'm to. like, you got to eat all the bread, you know, all the sugar, yeah. all the desserts. It's, it's, then all of a sudden, it's like the end of September. Pumpkin spice lattes hit the world. I'm like, oh, it's the holidays. And I just like crash. Yeah. So I'm like, I eat all the things. I drink all the things. I just start not living as the best version of myself. Mm. And it, I keep telling myself, oh, it's the holidays. I'm like, no, Rach, this is an entire quarter of the year. Yep. That means that you're ending your year. And I was doing it because I kept thinking, 
oh, I'll start again on, on New Year's Day and then I'll be strong. Right. And so I thought, this is crazy. What it, what can we do to kind of shake it up, maybe do it as a community? And I thought, what if we ended the year as strong as we usually start a year? Yeah. And the idea was born for last 90 days, which is we as a community and we have, you know, 30,000 people. I haven't even looked at the list now how many people are signed up for it, but we as a community commit to getting together. You know, we have a private Facebook group and we send out, we have a weekly theme. So we're unpacking a different topic and we choose things that would affect us during the holiday season. So things like health, things like relationships, Mm. things like anxiety and depression and whatever. Each week we go over a different topic, but the underlying core is this thing I call five to thrive which was a few years ago, I was like, what What do I feel like has really made a difference in my health? Um, because I spent, after I had my kids um, and just coming out of unhealthy way of growing up, I was about 50 pounds heavier than I am now. Yeah. Couldn't, never worked out, deep fried everything, covered it in ranch dressing, which is delicious, but not great for you. Um, so I thought, <laughs> what do I think has made the biggest difference in my life? And so for me, those five things were um, get up an hour early. Mm-hmm. Yep. So whatever time you normally get up, get up an hour early and use that time for yourself. And that is because so many women especially say, I don't have time for self-care. I don't have time yep. for self-care. Like there's just magical, the like five hours is just going to appear to you on a Saturday, like a mirage and be like, here's your moment for self-care. Like that's not a thing. <laughs> it is so, not. Yeah. And I don't, you know, we work during the day, we get home, we're parenting, we get the kids to bed. We're exhausted. I'm not about to go put on a face mask then. Yep. So I was like, I need, when can I find the time? Oh, I could get up early. So we get up every day at 5 a.m. And that time is for us to uh, work on our own stuff. So we, uh, you know, we have different morning routines, but for me, it's a gratitude meditation. It's Mm. writing down the things I'm grateful for. It's setting my intentions for the day. Uh, It's, uh, just the time to slowly have a cup of coffee yeah. and we're both writing right now. So that's the time that we write. But even if you're not working, like, is that the time that you work out? Is that the time that you pray? Is mm-hmm. that the time that you study the word? Is that the time that you, you know, write your own, but you've always wanted to write a book, but you don't have time. Like, man, sis, this is your time. So yeah. uh, get up an hour early. By the way, just side note, uh, if you do decide to get up an hour early, it may mean that you can't watch every episode of Game of Thrones. Yes. Yes. Right? It does require sacrifice of probably going to bed at a little bit of an earlier hour. We go to bed crazy early because we know everything. But it allows me to get up. That's the thing. But I get up. (laughs) I get up a little too early. Yeah, Lori's. Yeah. Okay. I I get up at four. Uh, I know. So yeah, so get early, early. Yep. and then hydration is super, mm. super, super important. So we say take. Uh, there's all sorts of different rules, but this is the easiest one to us. Take how much you weigh, divide it in half. That number. So let's say you were 100 pounds. Uh, divide it in half. 50. So 50 ounces. So half your body weight in ounces of water every day. Every day, which is a ton. And people are always like, "Man, does that mean you have to pee all day?" Yeah, yeah. that's the point. Uh, so half your body weight in ounces of water. I'm a monster, so I have to drink a full gallon of water a day. And is so, it just, yes. can it be fizzy water or does it have to be just plain water? It should be just plain water. You can absolutely infuse it. Like you could put, you could put lemon in it or herbs or whatever to give it some flavor. <laughs> but it but should not LaCroix. Yeah, LaCroix is delicious and that's what I drink with my lunch or dinner to feel like I'm having something fun. Yeah. But to hydrate, you should just have water. Okay. 
Right. Yeah, nothing okay. that comes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the third thing that was a really big deal for me is give up one category of food that you know you should not be eating and don't like truly don't don't cheat for 30 days. Don't cheat. So I, yeah, I had never had a time in my life where 30 I 30 or 90. No, so this is just 30. So okay. this is, yeah, so I'll tell you how it manifests in the 30-day thing. Um, so most people will try a diet, will try to eliminate something, will give up, but a weekend or a few days in, it's like their sister's birthday or whatever. They make yep. an excuse yep. and they backslide. <laughs> so my thing is you cannot touch it for 30 days. So most people actually need the full 90 days to give up something for 30 days. Yeah. Um, those people who are super hardcore and can kill it will give up more than one thing. So they'll, you know, in the month of October, I'm going to give up dairy in the month of this, I'm going to give up alcohol, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so one category of food, because I think whenever I've tried to do a diet where all of a sudden I'm restricting 10 things, I fail in like a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you only have to give up one, you know, you get everything else, but just don't have this one thing. That's easier. For you. you lose the craving for it, but also you yeah. train your brain into believing that you, you have the power over what you do or yes. don't put into your body. Yeah. So yeah. for sure, and then seeing that you do is a big deal. At the end of thirty days, and you go, "Wow, I did, I did that. it." That's a big yep. deal. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, so then the next one is uh, workout every day of the week, yep. every day, get your heart rate up, break a sweat, move your body, go jump on the trampoline, with 30 minutes, go on a walk with your dog, yep. just move your body every day. Mm. And then the last one, and I would say this is the most important if you don't do anything else, this is the biggest gift yes. is gratitude. Uh, yes. So every single day in the day with 10 things that you're grateful for 10 blessings in your life, and they have to be things that happen that day. Oh. So they shouldn't be big, like, oh, my marriage or my husband or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Be very specific, like, Dave brought me a cup of coffee, or I heard my favorite song on the radio, or Ford told me a joke and it was so funny. Because if you know that you've got to do 10 in a day, you'll spend your day looking yeah. for blessings, yeah. which makes you feel blessed. That's yes. right. Oh, I love that. That's perfect. Because there's science behind this. Everybody yeah. has a baseline level of happiness. And if something amazing happens, you win the lottery, it will go up for about two years and it will go right back down to homeostasis. If something terrible happens, you lose a spouse, you lose your job, it'll go down for about two years, go right back to where it was. Mm -hmm. Science says the thing that can raise your level of happiness and keep it there is gratitude. Yeah. yeah. Happy. You can go, oh, I'm just not really a happy person. You can be. You yeah. can train yourself and teach your mind to be happy. Yes. You are what you focus on. Yeah, you know, yes. you can focus on good things. You can focus on bad things. Mm -hmm. You know, we love that you guys are focusing on good things. You are correct. So focus on focus on those positive things. Change your life. Definitely. Amen. Definitely. Hey, before you guys go, what's your message? And then, Dave, wait, you got a book you're right, working on. <laughs> yes. Do you have a title yet? Uh, the tentative title is Dude Wash Your Face because why wouldn't I just be all over the coattails <laughs> of this human awesome. next to me? Good for uh, you. But yeah, I've got uh, same format, 20 lies that men have believed over time, or at least that I believed mm -hmm. in my lifetime that have kept me from being the best version of myself and how in uncovering the truth that exposed those lies, I was able to live a fuller, better version of me. And maybe it'll, uh, you know, resonate for some and if it doesn't maybe it has them asking some questions of which limiting beliefs which lies they believe as readers yeah. so 
Um, working on it every day. Guess what? Writing books is hard. Rachel <laughs> Hollis has written six books. She's like a pro writing my you first book. Like eight books. Eight books. Thank She's written you. a thousand books. It's I've written book. like 1.4 books and it's hard. So every day we're working on it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And Rachel, what is what our message you? overall? What's our message? Uh, well, I mean, the mission of the company, I can yeah. say very simply is we are working every day to try and put tools in the hands of people that will help them make lasting life change. Amen. So whether you're a woman or now a man, a couple or a single person, a stay at home mom or a CEO, mm -hmm. uh, that there are things that hopefully we're going to produce from this company of ours that will encourage you, but also kick you in the rear a little bit. Have you take control of your ability to um, become a better version of yourself? Um, we get all, a lot of times someone sending notes or saying, hey, you've changed my life. And the reality is we have not. People have taken the tools and changed their own life. And that is the most affirming thing we could possibly ever hope for. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, you guys are just a joy. Thank you so oh, much. Keep it up. Thank Don't you. stop. Yeah. Keep going yeah, for right it. Back at you. Thank you guys for having us. So nice to be here. Oh, thank so you. Rebels, thank you so much for listening. What a fun broadcast. My goodness. Hey, by the way, if you're not watching on Facebook, you are missing out. We did live video with them on Facebook. They're sharing a microphone. It is the most fun. We had all the... In fact, our interview with them inspired the launch of Oh, the Stories We Will Tell right here on the Rebel Media House Network. That's right. Oh, the Stories We Will Tell podcast was inspired by Rachel and Dave Hollis. They were telling their story honestly, and we thought, you know what? We should do the same thing. So thank you. Oh, we had so much fun. I just want to thank them so much. And also, thank you to our sponsor. Thank you, Jesus Clothing. Oh, I love it. I love saying it. I love wearing the bracelet. I love putting the stickers everywhere. Thank you, Jesus Clothing. TYJ.clothing. Yes, .clothing is a URL. TYJ.clothing. Subscription service. You get shirts, swag, bracelets, stickers, all kinds of good stuff. Then when people go, what's your shirt say? You go, it says, thank you, Jesus. And they go, why? Because all good things come from him. All good things come from him. Rebels, we love you. We'll see you next time for another edition of Rebel Parenting. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.